Hi there, you're listening to the Steve Schramm Show, where we train Christians to become confident, passionate servants of Jesus so they can grow in their walk with God and share their faith more persuasively. Welcome to the show. I want to spend some time with you today talking about this idea of evidence and kind of whether or not you're convinced of certain pieces of evidence. I've titled the episode, Not Convinced is Not Equal to No Evidence. And the reason for this is because I think so many people make this error. And I think the error is both on the skeptic side and on the Christian side. If somebody is simply unconvinced of something, of an argument or some rationale that was used to arrive at a conclusion, a lot of times, rather than simply saying, I'm not convinced, what they do is say that there is just no evidence for something. And it's just strange to me that this kind of thing persists in this age of of knowledge that we have. And as I'm dealing with people, as I'm having these conversations on a regular basis, I find the kind of people making these claims are intelligent. I mean, they're smart guys. They're guys who are interested in philosophy, interested in logic. They study the arguments used by Christian apologists, etc. And yet, they still make such simple mistakes in thinking. Now, this, I'm telling you, like I said, it it is not something that is reserved to those who are skeptical of Christian claims. This happens in a variety of contexts, and I have definitely had it come up in a variety of situations. So um, let me just give you a couple examples of different ways that I have personally experienced this error coming to rise in people's thoughts and see if we can kind of correct this thinking for a few moments. Um, One example is this. I had a guy who I've I've dealt with him numerous times now, and he always says he's a theistic evolutionist. He takes very seriously the work of people like Pete Enns. Um, Peter Enns is an Old Testament scholar who, I mean, brilliant guy, don't get me wrong, but um, he rejects uh, Genesis as being any kind of real historical account. He thinks that it's essentially just a a demythologized kind of account that um, uh, mirrors the kind of accounts that are common throughout the ancient Near East. And this is the kind of work that this gentleman follows. And I'm sure that uh, if if asked, he would follow the work of guys like John Walton as well, even though there's going to be some fundamental disagreements there. Uh, But guys like this are going to say that biblically, we don't have to say that a global flood happened. Well, he is, this particular guy, just known for saying that there is no evidence for a global flood. Whenever this comes up in conversation, that's the way that he'll start. There's just simply no evidence for a global flood. But is that true? Is it true that there's no evidence for a global flood? Or is he just not convinced by the arguments and evidence that have been provided 
on various occasions. And trust me, that evidence has been provided. How about this one? No evidence for Jesus' resurrection. Just no evidence. There's not a shred of evidence that a person can rise from the dead or that a person has risen from the dead in the past. Just just no evidence. <laughs> How about this one? How about this one? This one is common in my circles, I promise. No evidence for evolution. No evidence for evolution, really. So 97% of the scientists in the world believe in this paradigm of Darwinian evolution, and they do so with virtually zero evidence. Well, there's some nuance to that discussion that could be had, um, and we have had th- that nuance, indeed, with, with guys like Mike Behe, etc., that have been on the show, and we've talked about that. Um, but to say there is no evidence is quite a claim to say there's no evidence for evolution. There's not one thing that can be used in a case to support the idea of evolution. Is that is that really true? That seems like a very grandiose kind of claim that I wouldn't want to try to support in a conversation. How about this? This is just one last example I'm going to give you here. How about no evidence for a globe-shaped earth? There's no evidence for a globe-shaped Earth. Have you heard that one before? I certainly have. So that's what we're going to talk about. Now, I want to tell you about a couple things. The first one pertains to this particular lesson. I created a lesson handout for you for this particular uh, uh, episode. And what you can do is go to steveshram.com slash evidence, steveshram.com slash evidence evidence and you can download the free lesson handout that we're giving out this episode three questions to determine if something counts as evidence three questions to determine if something counts as evidence and there I give the three questions and I give an example and some explanation of the example. And the reason I wanted to do that is because we don't spend much time. We're not going to spend much time in this episode today actually talking about the nature of evidence. Um, I talked about this a little bit in my evidence, uh, or excuse me, in um, uh, the episode on a flood of evidence that was part of one of the series that we did. And that was a while ago. I can't remember exactly the episode number. So you have to go back and look for that. But um, Essentially, we talked about this a little bit as kind of a preface to that conversation. So we talked more about it then. Um, We're not going to talk about the nature of evidence so much today. We'll talk about it a little bit, but I wanted to give you those concrete examples and some questions to ask to determine whether something can count as evidence. And that is going to be available in the PDF lesson handout three questions to determine um, if something counts as evidence. So check that out, steveshram.com slash evidence, and you can get that. The other thing I wanted to mention to you is that we just launched a brand new free email course. I'm really excited about it. I spent uh, quite a bit of time uh, working on it, and uh, I'm proud of it. I think it's going to um, be something that helps you grow in your walk with God uh, with respect to the idea of creation. I called it the battle for the beginning, death, evil, and suffering in creation. And this kind of walks through issues related to the fall, the theology of 
the fall, science as it relates to those things, uh, theistic evolution, why we think that that cannot uh, be a consistent Christian position. We talk about all these things in there. And so I would encourage you to go sign up and enroll for that free email course. You can hop in there. And to get that, you just go to steveshram.com slash battle. steveshram.com slash battle to get enrolled for the free email course, The Battle for the Beginning. And then steveshram.com slash evidence to get today's lesson handout, three questions to determine if something counts as evidence. So I hate to ask you to do two things, but I'd encourage you to just knock those out one after the other and get on board with both of those things. And that would be very, very helpful, I think, for you. And we're, we're pleased to provide you with those resources absolutely free from our ministry. Okay, let's dive into this discussion then. Um, not convinced. I'm not convinced, but is that really equal to no evidence? Well, I want to kind of give you two ways to get at this, to think about the crucial uh, differences between these two things. Just two simple ways to think about this. The first one is to realize the distinction between subjective and objective. One of these is subjective and the other one is objective and therefore they cannot be equal. Okay, they cannot be equal. Um, when we talk about something subjective, this has to do with the subject in question. That is the the, the person in question. Persons are subjects um, in this particular context that we're discussing. So when we uh, talk about the way that we feel about things, when we talk about our inner perspective on things, when we talk about what we think about things, these are subjective kind of notions. So just that's one overarching a distinction we've got here. Um, to say that you're not convinced about something is simply to say that you have not found what has been presented as evidence to be persuasive. That's it. That's it. It is your perspective on the situation. It is um, not making any kind of judgment with respect to the object in question. So what is the object then? Well, the object is the evidence itself, okay? Um, the object is the evidence itself. Now, evidence is something that uh, comes to us and needs to be interpreted. So realize that evidence is never delivered especially when it's coming through multiple parties. Um, you know, when somebody presents evidence for their view to you, often they are not the person who originally discovered the facts which led to the evidence that they are marshalling. Uh, usually these came via somebody else. This is somebody who is just propagating information that they heard elsewhere. But the person who... Um, they got that from may not have been the original party to the information. In fact, there is any number um, of, of iterations that this particular piece of evidence has gone through before it got to you. 
and I don't want to get into mass skepticism here, something like the telephone game or whatever, but it is undeniable that people have misconceptions about how strong they think a position is or how strong they think the evidence is in support of their position um, when they don't check things out for themselves. This is very strongly related to what we talked about last week with respect to the Bible. Read the text for yourself, but check things out for yourself. Try to get as close to the source, the original source of the information as you possibly can and realize, and this is the kicker right here, um, that the person who originally began to leverage this evidence in support of whatever view um, may be interpreting the evidence according to any number of presuppositions, according to um, background information that he has that other people might not have. So this is where it's important to learn to distinguish um, fact from interpretation. Learn to distinguish fact from interpretation. We'll talk about that more in just a minute, and um, that's something that we point out as well in our lesson handout. So um, the crucial difference, number one, being that something is subjective versus objective. When you say that you're not convinced about something, you are not making a judgment at all about the nature of the thing, about the nature of the object, about the nature of the evidence that has been presented. You're not making an objective statement about that evidence itself. You're making a statement about how you feel about it. But the problem is that people aren't saying, I'm not convinced in most cases. What they're saying is, there's no evidence. But all they can possibly mean is that they are not convinced. They're not convinced. Um, th they can't possibly mean that there is no evidence because it's just simply not true objectively that there is no evidence. They can say there's no convincing evidence. Um, but again, this error just keeps getting promulgated and promulgated and promulgated. So we need to be aware of that in our conversation. We need to make sure that we are not um, <laughs> party to this. We are not spreading this common misunderstanding that when we say there's no evidence for something that that can legitimately mean that... Um, that there is none. Um, we need to understand the difference. We need to be able to say that we're not convinced of something. Here's why I don't think the evidence that you have um, um, leveraged is evidence for your view. Here is why I think it's actually evidence for my view or etc. Um, there are times when you could do that. You could say, okay, well, yeah, you could use this evidence um, in support of your case, but I'm not really convinced by it because consider this. And then you could turn around. Maybe the evidence actually has a happier home in your view. Now, that's entirely possible. And there are, are certainly things that are, um, for example, able to be leveraged as evidence in, say, the evolutionist or the, the long age kind of view that could be used also in the young age creationist case. And, um, I mean, radiometric dating, right, is one of those examples. Uh, sure, there 
it's easy to see how radiometric dating could provide an important piece of the puzzle in a deep time view. But it's also um, maybe not easy for some uh, seemingly to see. Uh, But it's certainly true that radiometric dating provides evidence for a young age view. Now, there are going to be many people who deny that, but, you know, we can point them to um, legitimate scientists and researchers who will make that case and who will uh, all day long argue that radiometric dating provides evidence for young age creationism. Now, somebody can say, oh, well, I am not convinced by your interpretation of that evidence, here's why I think it fits better in the long age scenario. Now, they're welcome to do that. But just because they can say that doesn't mean that they have the right to say, oh, this is not a piece of evidence that you have access to. Um, you, 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 you have no evidence from radiometric dating for the young age view. I don't think that's a legitimate move in that conversation. Now, the second thing I wanted to mention to you about that is not only that it's subjective versus objective, um, and this just kind of builds on that distinction and makes it a little clearer is that secondly it is a psychological condition versus being the state of reality it's a psychological condition to say that you're not convinced you're making a statement about reality to say that there is no evidence and it just seems true when you look at this that these that this must be obviously um Uh, false to that you can use one of these statements in place of the other and yet uh, yet this happens all the time Um, but one is not talking about reality at all it's just talking in in terms of the objective reality it's just talking about your subjective psychological condition to be unconvinced to be unpersuaded is a psychological condition it has nothing to do with the state of reality itself which is the evidence. So I'm not going to expand much more on that because I think the points are essentially the same. Um, Just a couple different ways of thinking about it to help clarify in your mind. One is subjective, the other is objective, and for obvious reasons now the subjective one has to do with your psychological condition and the objective one has to do with the actual state of reality, the, the, the way the world really, really is apart from whatever you think or feel about it. Okay, so then what is evidence anyway? Um, What is evidence anyway? Well, here's kind of how I want to say this. I I, I think that evidence is, uh, and I'm I'm, I'm open to a better definition. Um, I wanted to define this myself so that I could get um, clear on some of the particular words I wanted to use. And and I think this is the best definition um, for for our purposes here. If you think you have a better definition, I'm, I'm welcome to, I'm open to hearing that. Uh, but I think it's information presented as facts, which either support or oppose a suggested proposition. Information presented as facts, which either support or oppose a suggested proposition. Let's look at those um, um, each part of that definition real quick. First of all, it's information. Okay, well, that's obvious. It's, it's, it's new information that's being entered into a case. I mean, think of evidence in terms of um, the legal side of things, in terms of a court case or something. I mean, it's information. Evidence is first information. And then it's presented as facts. So it's information 
which is presented as facts. Now notice, I didn't start with saying it is facts which either support or oppose a suggested proposition because evidence is not the um, fact itself necessarily. Now it can be, it can be, okay? But a lot of times when you are using evidence, you are submitting an interpretation. You are submitting an interpretation, but you are submitting your interpretation as the fact of the matter. Now, again, there's some really careful distinction and nuance to be to be made here. It's a little further than we're going to go today. There are cases, I think, in which what you're presenting is just the bare fact of the matter. Um, and then the interpretation um, has to be made clear. Uh, but again, in I'm thinking in terms of a court case kind of scenario, when you have an attorney who is presenting evidence, that evidence is being presented as a fact. Okay, um, whether or not it is the actual fact of the matter. So I think there's a distinction to be made between evidence and and facts. Okay, so it's information that are presented as facts which either support or oppose a suggested proposition. So either they are for or against some proposition that has been suggested as either true or false. Um, and so, I mean, it's readily easy to see what can be, uh, what kinds of things can be used as evidence. Again, radiometric dating is a kind of thing that can be used as evidence. But um, the fact is um, whatever the results show in that case. So the fact of the radiometric dating just is whatever the results show. The evidence, though, is whenever the young age creationist or the old age creationist uses uh, their interpretation of those facts as evidence in their discussion, okay, that is where it becomes evidence. It becomes facts that are um, not changed per se, but they're fit within a paradigm to be used as evidence in support of or in opposition to a suggested proposition. And again, I'm sorry that we're a little nebulous here, but this is just simply, um, I think, what evidence can be said to be. But now there's an important second part to that as well. What is evidence? Well, evidence can be interpreted according to a paradigm or axiom. In other words, some sort of foundational assumption or foundational set of assumptions that make the rest of the um, enterprise work. And again, there are is even a scenario here, I think, where uh, your your evidence may or may not work given that background information, uh, given the paradigm that the evidence is put to use in, that in itself may be enough to stop the advance. I'm thinking here of something like naturalism and this idea about the resurrection. Somebody says, well, resurrections don't happen. Okay. Well, on naturalism, of course, of course, resurrections don't happen. Um, if resurrections were an everyday thing, it wouldn't be a miracle, right? But again, the idea is that God raised Jesus from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus presupposes 
the existence of God. And given that worldview, then it is indeed possible to see how a resurrection could happen. Obviously, if God can create a universe, God can raise his son Jesus from the dead without any issue at all. So that's where we need to understand that evidence is presented as facts, which are either going to support or oppose a suggested proposition. But how legitimate the use of that evidence is depends very much so um, on the axiom or paradigm that is... um, put in place. And again, this kind of thing, I think, can be seen when we look at the court case example. You've got attorneys on either side. Everybody is dealing with the same facts. Um, But I think there's a a distinction to be made here between the facts and the evidence, because the attorneys are arguing the evidence in support of their case, but they could use the same fact as evidence for two different things, uh, depending on the situation, depending on if they are trying to affirm um, that the uh, plaintiff has a case or deny that the plaintiff has a case. So hopefully that makes some sense to you. Um, again, there are going to be some examples of this in the lesson handout that you can that you can get that maybe will help make this a lot more clear. Once you see what counts as evidence, um, and those examples um, will be made a little bit more concrete to you, I think that'll take this from being a nebulous discussion to something that is very, very practical for you. To distinguish between the psychological condition of not being convinced and the state of reality of whether or not there is evidence for something. Look, here's the point. A really simple lesson today. Stop saying that there's no evidence for something you're merely unconvinced of. Be honest with yourself. Be honest. If you're just not convinced, try your best to be objective. Try to step back from that and look at the way that maybe what you're unconvinced of is being used as evidence for another side, okay? And and realize that there is evidence for this. There is evidence for this, but I'm just not convinced of it or persuaded of it. And in fact, when you do this, I think it's going to open up possibilities for you because I think you're going to be able to then look at the evidence within in a fresh light. You're going to be able to not only see evidence from somebody else's perspective, but maybe you can even go in and show how the evidence uh, might be legitimately used to support their view, but it might be better used to support your view. And so you can begin to look at this from a much more objective perspective, which is what you should be doing anyway, since to say something about evidence is to say something about the state of reality, rather than to just merely explain your psychological condition. Well, I hope that helps you. Let's say a word of prayer to close out for this week. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness, for your mercy on us. Thank you for the um, uh, ability, Lord, that you gave us to be logical, to be rational beings who can think through these things, who can delineate these things and make these careful distinctions in our mind that help us to have persuasive conversations with those who both agree and disagree with us. Lord, thank you for allowing us the ability to 
share, uh, uh, especially my heart, Lord, with these folks each and every week. I pray now that you would bless them, you'd keep them. God, you would help us to give you the glory in every single thing that we endeavor to do. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. All right, thank you again. Don't forget to get that lesson handout, steveschramcom slash evidence, and to enroll for the free email course called The Battle for the Beginning, Death, Evil, and Suffering in Creation. You can get that by going to steveschramcom slash battle. So I hope you have a great week. In the words of my friend Tim Stratton, stay reasonable. Stay reasonable this week and make that distinction between no evidence and um, being unconvinced. I think it will help you in your apologetics conversations.